Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. record drafting cornerbacks is questionable to say the least could the 2023 draft be different i'm your host jeffrey benedict welcome to the cutting room floor today we're talking about the cornerbacks and safeties for the pittsburgh steelers and a big big deal this year is cameron sutton and with cameron sutton being a free agent the steelers Number one corner last year. He played that role. There's also questions of drafting a cornerback. The Steelers clearly have room, clearly have needs. It's one of their positions with the best opportunity to upgrade. And right in the middle of all these decisions, what kind of cornerback to get? Should they draft one high or lower? All in the middle of that is Cameron Sutton. And Cameron Sutton is interesting. A very interesting Evaluative process and also how he affects roster building. Cameron Sutton's best usage is still as is still in the role he played in in 2019 and 2020. That you know slot cornerback dime where he could drop deep, he could man cover, he could do a lot of different things. That's still his most valuable usage. He's incredible in that role. But he's now also a starter. He's not just that role, right? And he's a very good number two corner who then slides into the slot and becomes even more valuable on a lot of the longer downs and distances where the Steelers use their dime packaging and even in nickel. With the Steelers having Cam Sutton, if they bring him back, should they choose to bring him back, That means a lot for your roster building, largely because at that point you need another outside cornerback. If you're going to use Cameron Sutton inside in his best roles, you need outside cornerbacks. You don't need a nickelback like a Mike Hilton to come in and nickel if you're sliding Cameron Sutton into the inside. You need another outside corner. When you go into dime, You know, you can add another dime back. That's fine. But the nickel usage is where it gets interesting. Last year, the Steelers often would use Arthur Millette. Other times, they would slide Cam Sutton into the nickel and put someone else on the outside. 
that gives you some flexibility. Cameron Sutton is about as good a coverage slot corner as you're going to find, especially in man. He's very versatile there, and he's solid in tackling, stuff like that. He can do it. Uh, not, not terrible. But that gives the Steelers a lot of options. But on the downside is if you're going to run your nickel defense and slide Sutton into the slot, you need Cameron Sutton and two outside cornerbacks. And if we consider, like most teams do, the nickel cornerback to be pretty much a, a starter, they're going to play about half or more of the snaps each season, roughly a starter, then you need three starters that play outside cornerback. Outside cornerback is the most in-demand cornerback position in the NFL. That's your downside. You need Cameron Sutton and two outside corners. You can't just say, oh, Levi Wallace and Cameron Sutton are starting outside corners. We're good. No. When he slides into the slot, you need another one. The good with this is if you're fine with Levi Wallace and you keep a guy like James Pierre around, he is a restricted free agent. They can choose to keep him if they want for not too much money. You are in a great spot to add a draft pick that is an outside corner in the draft and get him playing time. He doesn't have to start. He doesn't have to be your number one guy. He is an outside corner that's going to play in nickel and dime. That's a great opportunity for an outside corner to then grow into his job. And if he turns into being the guy on outside halfway through the season or so, and he's out playing the other corners, then you move him to be your other cornerback. And you have Sutton and your rookie on the outside in base. And then in nickel, you slide Sutton inside and you put Levi Wallace outside. That all works. So Sutton actually, despite being a little bit more difficult to build the roster, Cameron Sutton gives you a lot of, uh, gives you a very nice situation to bring a rookie outside corner in and ha not have to, you know, play him in the slot or find some way to work him in. No, there's a natural, easy position for him to slide into where he doesn't have to play all the time. He can play on more pass-heavy downs, doesn't worry about run fits and all that stuff quite as much. That's a good setup for adding a top-tier young corner back talent in the draft. I also want to talk about Cameron Sutton as a number one corner, because I've said this before, Cameron Sutton is a really good number two corner, but he is not a number one. And let me tell you why I mean that. If you look at Cameron Sutton's like PFF grades, if you look at his advanced stats, I'm not going to argue that those are flawed. I'm not going to argue they're wrong. Uh, those are better than he is. Because Cameron Sutton has limitations that the Steelers cover for. Austin, uh, Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, since he joined the Steelers, has done a great job of covering for cornerbacks' weaknesses and exploiting their strengths. Cameron Sutton has very clear weaknesses and a lot of strengths. Let's get into that. Uh, Cameron Sutton's strengths are he is really fluid. He's very smart. His positioning's solid. He knows how to defend routes. Doesn't make mistakes. 
can play the ball. Fantastic in both in zone, good in man. Uh, his weaknesses are he is not a top-end speed guy. He's not an athletic freak, and that's fine. You don't have to be to be a top-tier corner. But he also doesn't have a lot of physicality to his game. He is not a guy who's going to get into a receiver and disrupt his route. That's not Cameron Sutton. And when you combine a guy who's going to play off of his receiver that he's covering and not really interfere with his route, not really get handsy with him and make a lot of contact, and a guy who doesn't have elite speed and agility, you have a vulnerability there. You basically have a ticking clock. If you have a top-tier athlete wide receiver and a quarterback who can get him the ball, you have a certain amount of time that Cam Sutton can run with this guy and be close enough to still affect the play. And after that, it's over. He's out of position. He's, he's, he's burnt. Uh, we saw that with Amari Cooper. We saw that with A.J. Brown. We've seen that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. The top-tier guys, if they have a quarterback who can get them the ball, they're going to burn Cameron Sutton. A.J. Brown did not light up Cameron Sutton. Uh, because Sutton was able to stay with him enough, and the quarterbacks weren't able to exploit it. The pass rush was forcing the ball early. You know, he's, and, and that's a situation where he can be that number one guy. He can really be that number one guy if the pass rush is forcing the quarterback to throw early, where the receiver doesn't have a lot of time to, to really just burn past Cameron Sutton. That's when he gets himself in trouble. That's when he can be exploited. And if the pass rush is, is, is shortening the, the, the play clock and saying the, the quarterback doesn't have much time in the pocket, then Sutton's fine. He's not. It doesn't matter. Like You don't have enough time to really get past him and get a good pass off. When you're facing better competition and Cameron Sutton is your number one corner and you have those teams with a wide receiver that, can, that has the athleticism to beat him and a quarterback who has the talent to get him the ball reliably, you have to give Cameron Sutton a good amount of help. Because he's just going to get burned. That comes into play when you're facing higher tier teams in the NFL. If you're facing a Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're chasing Josh Allen. If you're facing Joe Burrow and, and you know Higgins and Chase. If you're facing those teams. Cameron Sutton isn't a number one corner. When he's facing lower tier quarterbacks. Lower tier receivers, he's fine. He's not a problem at all. There's no problem there. If your team only has one really good receiver that Cameron Sutton can't cover, well, that's fine. Put Cameron Sutton on the other guy, or when that guy's on Cameron Sutton's side, have someone deep to pick up the receiver. In the same way that against the Miami Dolphins, when Levi Wallace was matched up on Tyreek Hill, Terrell Edmonds was over top, and after Wallace got beat, Edmonds ran with him and broke up the pass. Those are the kind of plays you can get away with with him. But if you've got a team that has enough threat, you've got a really good team, Cameron Sutton can be a liability. And that's a big deal if you're looking for this team to be a playoff team. Because that's when you're going to run into them. You can win a lot of games 
beating up on teams that don't have the, the personnel to exploit Cameron Sutton, but that's going to get you to the playoffs and you're going to run into one of those teams. Behind Cameron Sutton, you have Levi Wallace is also physically limited. He's much better in Joe Hayden's left cornerback spot. Uh, he's a little more physical, better in the run than, than Cameron Sutton. He was better later in the season than he was early in the season. And for me, I'm looking for him to grow in the system in year two. I, I try not to judge him too much on year one, especially when he was hurt. Limited his ability to adapt into the system. Hopefully the second year, we'll see more of what we saw in Buffalo from him. It also stood out, stands out to me that uh, Buffalo, the number one guy that he was across from, was Tredavious White, who is a lot like a Cameron Sutton, only has the elite athleticism to cover the top guys without getting physical with them. He was that guy. <clears throat> Behind Wallace and Sutton, you have Arthur Millette. Arthur Millette is a good rotational piece at nickel. The Steelers do a good job of using him against some teams and not using him against other. He's more an, a little bit more of an older school type of slot cornerback. Uh, better against the run. He's physical. Uh, and he's kind of a callback to the days when, when slot corners were covered for more than the outside corners. You could cover for that and give help to the guy in the slot. Nowadays, it's a little different. When we run Cameron Sutton inside, it's a different look than when we run Arthur Millette inside. So certain games, he's your nickel. Other games, he's not going to be your nickel. You're going to have to do that matchup by the teams you're facing and what they're doing, how they're attacking you. James Pierre, he's a free agent, but he's a restricted free agent. If the Steelers want him, he's back. If you look at his advanced stats and PFF grades, the only people with better, the only cornerbacks with better advanced stats and, and grades and stuff than James Pierre is Cameron Sutton. He is a limited player, but if you keep him playing in positions where he is, you know, not being exposed for his weaknesses, he's very good. He's not that slow. He's good with decent with physicality. He's much better in zone than he is in man. He can tackle. He can make plays. He's he's a good cornerback, but he's just limited. If this was, you know, if if he came out in like 2001, 2002 into the cover two heavy, you know, Tampa two NFL, he would be a fantastic starting cornerback in that league. He would have been great. He would be out there starting, and, and I mean potential like pro bowler in that kind of a system. The Steelers, cover two is making a bit of a comeback this past season. Uh, so he had some value there, and he played really well. The only person worth talking about behind James Pierre is Akello Witherspoon, who had that great stretch of games in coverage in 2021, and in 2022 fell apart. I talked about him after last season and said that every time you try to make him a you know, starting cornerback and give him a full thing of responsibilities, he falls apart. And when you get him into a situation where he just has to cover, just go in there, match up, you're going to cover that guy, run with him, stay with him, you know, limit the passing window, he ends up looking phenomenal. If the Steelers are going to keep Witherspoon around, they need to use him in dime, in nickel or dime situations where you can come in and just cover somebody. Just come in long yards and cover somebody who's wicked fast. Like your T. Higgins type of players, your Jamar Chases. 
you'd be better off with a Kella Witherspoon manned up on them than with, you know, a Cameron Sutton. But Witherspoon can't be Cameron Sutton. He can't be your starter. That doesn't work. It consistently fails. I remember I was saying that in the, the first couple of weeks of the season when he was starting and he was tackling, he was making those plays. I was getting laughed at a bit, and then teams started throwing at him and just absolutely destroying him. That is what he does. Does it make sense to me? No. But it's consistent. I can't tell you why it happens. It doesn't seem like something that should happen, that someone who can cover really well, all of a sudden, if you give him a little bit more responsibility in other areas, will do those well, but forget how to cover. And that's what happens. You look at his PFF grades. His run defense was, was actually good. His tackling was good this season, early on. When the year before, it was terrible. It's just his coverage fell apart when last year his coverage was his strength. It's a bizarre situation with Akella Witherspoon. If the Steelers are going to keep him around, run him back out there and see what they get, you have to, you almost have to limit him to being a dime back maybe a nickelback, and only use him in situations where you know it's going to be pass-heavy and he can just cover somebody. That's really all he's worth right now. And if they can get that out of him, it's not bad. It's pretty solid. All right, that's our look at the cornerback room. We're going to look at safeties in the second half of this show, right after this break. Stay tuned. back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by the Steel Curtain Network. Make sure you're clicking over to wherever you found this podcast. You can find all of the other Steel Curtain Network podcasts. Also, make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to to get all your Steelers news, insights, evaluations, opinions, we, we've got it all for you. We're here for you the entire offseason, heading through free agency, the draft, up through training camp. We're going to be here the whole way. On our audio platform, live on YouTube, on weeknights, and always in the articles at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're joining us. Make sure you're with us this offseason. We talked about the cornerback room in the first half of the show. And now we're going to talk about the safeties. And of course, it starts with Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is a phenomenal football player. The thing is, he isn't really a football player with a set position. Minka Fitzpatrick isn't a true free safety. And he's not really a true strong safety. He's at his best when he's in zone, reading plays, and attacking. He's also at his very best when he's in the middle of the field. And he doesn't have to worry about being and covering the deepest routes, right? When he's not the deepest defender and he's in the middle of the field, 
that's where he's a best at his best. And he can almost single-handedly take away a lot of the middle-of-the-field threats. If you remember 2019 after he joined the Steelers, the number of interceptions he had straight down the middle of the field. If you look today, the number of plays he makes in that area are incredible. Tons of them. That's where he's at his best. And that's the most valuable real estate in football. The most valuable area of the field to attack is the middle of the field. Always has been that way. Minkovitz Patrick is at his best in that space. And I find it interesting because I want to get you some, uh, some numbers here. The Steelers, when you look at passes over the middle, they face some of the highest numbers of passes over the middle. And they give up a decent amount of yards per play. Interestingly, though, they have a much lower rate of giving up first downs. They have a higher turnover rate. And while they may give up yards over the middle, the success the other offense has gaining first downs and touchdowns is significantly lower in the middle of the field. That is where Minka Fitzpatrick plays. If you watch the Steelers' quarterbacks frequently, they are guarding the outside. And when players go into the middle, they're giving away leverage and they're behind the play. The Steelers leverage Minka Fitzpatrick in the middle of the field to kind of cheat off of it. And it pays off. They don't give up touchdowns. Uh, they have a decent number of interceptions. And you don't see a lot of first downs given up through the middle of the field. In return, the Steelers are better able to focus on the outside passes with their cornerbacks and better help against passes to the outside, the Steelers face the fourth fewest passes short left, short right, deep left, deep right of any team. The yards they gave up were not bad. Not many first downs, a decent turnover percentage. Like, all of that pretty solid. They gave up tied for the most touchdowns on outside passes. So while... Those guys on the outside aren't as open as much, and teams don't throw as much to the outside. They actually have much more success in terms of getting first downs and touchdowns throwing outside, away from Minka Fitzpatrick. The Steelers have created a defense under Terrell Austin where they incentivize you to throw towards Minka Fitzpatrick. And the volume shows up there. And Minka limits the damage, keeps that damage down. Passes to the outside are rarer, but much more successful. It's a very interesting dynamic in how the Steelers use Minka Fitzpatrick to really, to really make their grouping of number two cornerbacks look better than they are, in my opinion. Uh... Terrell Austin is a really good uh, defensive mind when it comes to using his secondary and fitting players in. Does a great job. Uh, what he's done with the defensive secondary since he came to the Steelers is remarkable. I know he came along at the same time as Minka Fitzpatrick, and so it's hard to split up you know, between the two who's more responsible and it's really the joint, the joining of the two of them 
Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't great in Miami. He was not nearly as valuable or as impactful. He came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers found ways to use him, and he's been incredibly valuable here. At the same time, Terrell Austin is a good, you know, secondary defense kind of guy. He comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He gets Minka Fitzpatrick, finds ways to unlock Minka Fitzpatrick and put him in situations where he can just play football and shine. And the results have been really good. This is not a talented secondary. When you look at the cornerbacks, Cameron Sutton is your best cornerback by far. And that's not a huge endorsement. That's not really a huge endorsement. Terrell Edmonds, we all know what he was when he first came here. We've seen his growth. We've seen how he's used here, how they've found ways to, to maximize his athleticism and use it well. I can't say enough about Terrell Austin. And the reason he is your defensive coordinator is because of how good he is with the secondary. And in a league that is a passing-heavy league, for the Steelers to be able to have a good pass defense with the talented cornerback they've had says a lot, a whole lot. I mean, take Steven Nelson. Look at what he was before he came to the Steelers. Look at what he was for two years on the Steelers. And look what he was after leaving the Steelers. You look at Cameron Sutton before Terrell Austin, before 2019, Cameron Sutton was an all-right like, dime back. He wasn't even special in dime. Terrell Austin came in, used him to his strengths better, and now he's a number two cornerback who is used very differently than a lot of cornerbacks in the NFL. So you have Terrell Austin... I think he's a phenomenal secondary coach, scheming up this how to use the secondary and, and, and getting these guys in positions to succeed. And he fits really well with Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick isn't the easiest guy to find ways to succeed, and he found the right coach in Terrell Austin. Terrell Edmonds, freakish athlete, solid tackling, can play in the box. Like a linebacker can run in man coverage with Tyreek Hill. I, I always go back to that play because it was just incredible. Seeing him run step for step with Tyreek Hill and, and break up a pass. Fantastic. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. And he's not going to shut down any of them. But he is going to stay with them. And he's going to limit the opportunity to attack the defense with that player. He can limit the passing windows to almost anybody to where it's hard to make those plays. Is he going to get beat if it's a good quarterback and a good receiver? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Edmonds is going to get beat. He's not a, he's not a shutdown outside corner. This isn't uh, Darrell Revis in his prime. You know, that's not what this is. But he can run with them and limit the damage. And for a defense that has some serious limitations at their cornerback position, including Cameron Sutton, their number one guy, is a limited athlete. Limited in, in, in his ability to play the position. Vulnerable to the top-tier athletes. Having a guy like Edmonds back there to help, alongside Minka Fitzpatrick, is really good. 
Edmonds has gotten better in deep zone. He's still not a playmaker on the ball. You can throw his way, and most of the time you're not going to have a wide-open player, but you're also not going to have a high chance that that ball is coming back at you. Terrell Edmonds' best usage is, in my opinion, still as what he was in 2018 as a rookie, a matchup canceler. When you have a mismatch, or you got Robert Spillane on Tyreek Hill, swap him out. Terrell Edmonds comes and picks that up, and you know you're going to be all right. You're not going to be great, but you're going to be all right. If you've got a tight end on Cameron Sutton, a 6'4 tight end who's physical and goes up at high points of the ball on Cameron Sutton, that's a terrible mismatch. But if that happens, I mean, you can always send Terrell Edmonds over there. He can play that guy and do better than Cameron Sutton would against a 6'4 tight end who's physical. Like that's He's that kind of a player. He can go and give you a competent level of coverage on literally anybody. Again, he's not shutting them down. He's not doing that, but he can go and limit the damage. And that's what he does in the run game. He helps limit the damage. He's not a splash player. But if your guy's going to get up the outside and get loose, Terrell Edmonds has the speed to run him down and get in on a tackle. He's a great uh, number two tackler, like the guy who is second to the ball. Edmonds is fantastic in that role. He's fast. He gets there and boom, helps finish off the play. Great in that role. Edmonds is a free agent. I think most of us believe the Steelers are going to bring him back, but I'm not completely sold on that. I like Terrell Edmonds. I think he has a lot of value in this defense. I have since he came here. Watching film, it stood out to me how valuable his speed is to chasing the ball down. I mean, a lot of defenses find the ball, tackle the guy with the ball. If you can run fast, get there, and tackle the guy, that's an important part of playing defense, and that's Terrell Edmonds. I'm not so certain the Steelers see the same value in him. And if they don't bring him back, I would be very interested to see what difference that makes on the Steelers' defense. I can tell you that the most passing yards the Steelers have given up since Terrell Austin and Minka Fitzpatrick joined this team happened when Terrell Edmonds was out against Buffalo. When Trey Norwood was covering and starting for Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Sutton was out, Levi Wallace was out, Killa Witherspoon was out, they were starting Josh Johnson and James Pierre and Trey Norwood and Terrell Edmonds against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won that game. When they faced Buffalo with Trey Norwood, in for Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick playing, Cameron Sutton playing. The Buffalo Bills absolutely destroyed them. Put up over 400 passing yards. They couldn't cover them. Is that a weird little fluke? Possibly, yeah. Quite likely. But Edmonds has some value there. It'll be very interesting to see what it's like if he doesn't come back. We are getting rumors that the Steelers do want to bring back DeMonte Kazee. DeMonte Kazee has value because he is that center fielder, deep safety kind of player. That's him. 
That is Demonte Kazi. That's his strength. In fact, in that role, he is roughly as good as Minka Fitzpatrick. Despite Minka Fitzpatrick being a much better player overall. Much better player. In that cover one deep safety role, Kazi is almost Minka Fitzpatrick level. That's not Minka's best usage. That is Diamante Kazi's best usage. Kazi as a deep split field in cover two safety, fantastic. Deep cover one, still good. He's good there. Like this, he fits. It's a great, it's a great guy to have, uh, especially when you have a Minka Fitzpatrick that you don't want to be the deepest guy all the time, and you want him to be able to step up and cover the middle of the field. One of my favorite defenses the Steelers do is when it's second, it's third and long, like third and 15, and they will just line Minka Fitzpatrick up in a deep safety roll on that first down line, on the line to gain for a first down. And then when they snap the ball and players start dropping deep, Minka Fitzpatrick just stands there and watches the play. He looks like a looks like a cat ready to pounce, right? Like a cheetah sitting there in the trees, ready to pounce on, ready to take off and go after her and chase something down. He's standing there watching. It is so hard to attack that gap between the deep safeties and the linebackers when Minka Fitzpatrick is just standing there watching your play, not backpedaling. He's watching. He sees you try to attack that route. He can pick it up. He is so good there, and DeMonte Kazi is good behind him, which opens up Minka being able to be forward more. I really am looking forward to see what they do with Kazi, and I think we could see a situation where if the Steelers assign DeMonte Kazi, they let Terrell Edmonds go. And while I think it's quite possible for all three safeties to, to be on the team and get good snaps, when DeMonte Kazi was healthy on the roster and started playing, he took over Trey Norwood's job in dime. And he took over being the backup for Binka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds. The Steelers used DeMonte Kazi the exact same way they used Trey Norwood. When DeMonte Kazi came back from his injury, he was simply an upgrade on Trey Norwood. If you want a bigger role for DeMonte Kazi, you're either read designing how you do things or you're not re-signing Terrell Edmonds. That's simply it. Now, I think the first option, redesign things a bit, rethink how you do stuff. I, I think with your situation in the slot, you could use Edmonds there, you could use Kazi there. You do a lot of different things, especially in Dime. But is that what the Seals are going to do? Would they use Terrell Edmonds in at nickel? Would they would uh, when they would normally have used Arthur Millette? He offers you better coverage than Arthur Millette and roughly the same run defense. That's I would do that. When you want a bigger nickel cornerback, when you're not as worried about coverage and you want more run stopping from the from the nickel spot, I'd put Terrell Edmonds up there. He's done it. He's done it plenty of times. Steelers have actually moved Minka up in that slot position. And it really messes with offenses because they don't know what he's doing. And you have to find out what he's doing. Or just go to the other side of the field and stay away from him. 
for me, the Steelers safety position, cornerback position. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Where where are you going to go here? You know, what are you going to do? There's a lot of opportunity. There's a big big offseason ahead of Terrell Austin. Ahead of this management team, the draft team, all this stuff. Like what are you going to do here? So a lot of options, there's a lot of different ways to go. The key things to remember are, you know, what Cameron Sutton's impact is on this defense and how he really does, in my opinion, open the door for drafting a cornerback, an outside cornerback, and and being able to ease them in. Really, really a perfect position for that kind of a move. But I also want people to learn and realize the respect that needs to be due to Terrell Austin for what he does with his secondary and how he uses Minka Fitzpatrick and what that means for the positions around Minka Fitzpatrick, including cornerback. That's a big deal. And that's going to really shape how the Steelers build this offseason. That's my show for today. Thank you for listening. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Steelers.